Hello everybody, Mitch Michaels here. It's time for another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. And it's a big one. We have NFL Draft Preview with Sean Sullivan. Sully back in the house to discuss what the Browns are going to do at picks one and four. How do we rate the top five quarterbacks in the draft? We go through all the prospects and predict the top ten. It's a wild draft preview one that's got me nervous as a Browns fan. You're not going to want to miss that. And then Joe Crisale comes back on the show to discuss the NHL playoffs. Game seven tonight, the only game seven in the first round. The Bruins and the Maple Leafs. And then tomorrow, the second round of the playoffs starts and it could be a dandy. A lot of big series, including the top two point getters. The Predators and the Jets facing off. It's the Money Mitch effects in football and some hockey talk. Let's start the show. All right, Money Mitch Effect, and it's my favorite time of the year, draft season. Draft season, baby. You got Sean Sullivan, Sully. Thanks for joining the yes, show. Yes, sir. Love it. Oh, baby. I got to just say, I'm, I'm shaking. It's a nervous energy. We're feeling good. Um, as a Browns fan, this is a big time of year as always. It's the annual time when mm-hmm. all eyes are on us and everybody just enjoys it. But look, this is the big one, right? They went 0-16 last year. The biggest joke mm-hmm. of all time, not counting Hugh Jackson still having a job. But in any event, picks one and four, thanks to that trade that saw Deshaun Watson go to the Texans. We're not going to get into that. The, the, right. the baseline is they pick one and four. So... I'm really geared up for this draft. A lot of interesting talent, a lot of quarterbacks. We're gonna we're gonna break all that down. But first, Sully, you work for NFL. You yeah. got to go to the combine. Draft season is right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, Senior Bowl too. That was fun. Yeah, and you're a Senior Bowl as well. So we're big college football guys. Yeah, we won't have to go into how big college football guys. <laughs> are. We're big college football guys. So we watch these kids, most of them, if not all of them, play college football. And then we get into draft season. So you right. kind of merge both of that with seeing them on the gridiron in college then seeing the draft prep. Mm-hmm. What was that process like for you getting to go to the combine, to the senior bowl, and see the difference in what you see on Saturdays versus what you uh, see It's, it's so fun just being a football nerd, and you, you would have loved it just as much as I did, just to be able to see the guys up, up close mm-hmm. and personal, be able to walk around during practice, walk around during drills, talk to the guys in, in interviews, and, and, and really – pull back the curtain a little bit of, of, a, of a period of, of the year that of the sports world that is blowing up, you know, that it, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger every single this year. year. Senior it's crazy. Bowl was the best one I can remember. Right. I mean, I don't, I, I'd have to date myself to at least seven, eight years ago, but yeah. definitely in the last five years is the most loaded one I can remember. Just, just senior bowl and combine and draft this whole season has just gone off the rails. It's nuts. Everybody's all into it. I love it. And it helps that you have a, a star studded cast this year with a bunch of quarterbacks you have one of the uh, arguably one of the better running backs uh come out of the, and the depth pe- at that position too depth at that position too but uh you have saquon barkley could be the best running back in the past decade to come out dj even thinks he's he's better than zeke elliott mm-hmm. and when he was coming out um so you have you have some have some star-studded guys to help but i mean it's just it's just a fun fun time for football fans how much stock do you put specifically into the combine? I know it was a good trip, a very yeah. fun experience for you. But we quarterback is a specific position mm-hmm. that we see a lot. And, and I would say maybe even like a cornerback position where yeah. 40 time and ball drills mean a lot. But yeah. how much stock do you put? I mean, we watch no, these guys I mean, on it, Saturdays. It really, it, yeah. really is, it really is the the uh, underwear Olympics, as it were, as they like to call it. And I, I, it it's 
Bucky talks about all the time on the show on on Move the Sticks that that you got to put the pin down when 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 playing stops and you that's your core evaluation and then what you see from combine or senior bowl that just that that's kind of what you use as a cluster buster you know where these guys pretty much stack up by the time the the uh, for the most part by the when when the season wraps up but i mean you it just a, a guys can affirm themselves or, or mm-hmm. i mean they're not really going to shoot up the the draft board yeah. barring something crazy do you think it's a percentage is it fair to say maybe 75 25 like you look at the tape but if, yeah if it's comparable there has to be right other yeah. right you you, you, you don't, what you don't want to do is, is you want to love a guy and then he goes out and just lays an egg i mean there's obviously Kyle some, right <laughs> there's all there's there's yeah. some there's obviously some guys that aren't going to test well they just aren't good testers or better football players right. and there's plenty of those guys in this draft class but uh it, it is it is definitely a, a, a big portion of, or a portion of it, but not a big one. Yeah, I mean you can say that in any sport. I mean Tom Brady's the big example, but we mm-hmm. watch different sports, hockey, basketball, where some guys just don't test well, and maybe right. they don't have the measurables, the speed, the strength, and the, and the bench press, whatever. You got to see them on the field. Right. And it's hard to know for sure that they're going to translate to the next level without the measurables, mm-hmm. but. Um, every year it seems like there's those people that win the off season, getting ready for the draft, win the combine, but you know, we have to see it. And I want to get into this right now because quarterbacks, the talk of the town, right? And I know Nick Foles won the Super Bowl with a, with a loaded team around him, but by and large, you need gr- good to great quarterback play right. to have a shot in the NFL. And we know for a fact, there's not 32 franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm. I would venture to say that this year's class class has depth, maybe not the top end dominant, you know, unicorns as we like to say. Mm-hmm. But we're talking four, maybe out of five in the top five picks. They're not the top prospects, but it no. just goes to show you that the needs there and the the skill level is there for these prospects. Right. It's it's all about the QB in this league. It's a quarterback driven league, as as we hear time and time again. Um, and you, you hit the nail on the head. It, there there isn't that blow away guy outside of maybe Sam Darnold. You can make an argument because he has such a high ceiling and such a such a high floor as well but from the the Lamar Jacksons who's who's could be a, an incredible NFL quarterback right. or he, or he could fizzle out if he goes to the wrong spot to the Josh Allen who's they're like also the, different too. they're all so different and then and they're all they all could be great but right now as we look at what what's in front of us they all have decent question marks and and you're right it's 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 there's not really one that sticks out above, but it, it's a bunch of good, pretty good franchise quarterbacks that are going to go in and, and help their teams out from some from day one, some from a few years from now. It's it's a pretty big spectrum. So the cliff is, all due respect, Mason Rudolph and Luke Falk are on the other side. Mm-hmm. There you're probably second, third yeah. round. You got your Kyle Lawletta right. too, like yeah. some some dudes in a perfect draft, world. A couple years down the road, maybe they could step in, be a Foles type or, or right. something of that nature. But it's going to take more time. So you have the big four, and I want to look at each of those guys now, and then we'll kind of go into our draft preview and mm-hmm. maybe some other positions. But Donald Rosen, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I, is it safe to say that Jackson... I would put Baker in there, too. Oh, yeah, Baker, sorry. Yeah, that's, big five. Yeah, big yeah. five, that's what I meant. Big Baker. Um, uh-huh. Lamar Jackson is number five. Yeah. Is it is that a consensus? Is it safe to say he's the fifth? Yeah, it Relative. Just, I mean, I know anything could happen, but... Yeah, I, I think you could... Maybe. 
it, it just all depends on where he goes. Is is his big deal? Is his no, big thing I, with I, him? I believe that, but I mean, in I mean, in general, if, in general, if we, if we rank if right, we right. In general, he's going to be the fifth yeah, guy, okay. but he he could be the best guy out of them all if he goes to the right place. He um, needs the right system. I think right. we know that. And I mean, I, is a package quarterback something that could ha- exist in the NFL in 2018? Maybe. That's. I mean, it I, I a think special I, guy I like Jackson. I, I, I wouldn't go as far as as package, but definitely a system guy. That. Mm-hmm. But the thing about him is that he could break a play open at any time, and that you got to just play to his strengths. Right. I I worry about any quarterback that relies so much on his legs. Just me as a fan. There's that desire, maybe that if it's not there, tuck it and run. Yeah. And we both know scouts know way better than us. Yeah. These are grown men in the NFL that DNs that are two ninety that can run four five. Right. <laughs> so, right. so you're not able to just get the free twenty yards based on no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. And that's what would worry me about him. And maybe there is some tape out there that, and you can talk about his team not being the greatest mm-hmm. around him. But when the skill level got tougher, he wasn't the Lamar Jackson that dominated games. He was good, but he wasn't. That uh, but same there, level. but he also has those games too against like an FSU where he completely right. dominates. Where it, it's it's a, a pretty talented, not pretty talented, very talented defense, and he goes out and, and just that was the game that that put him on the map for Mike Vick when we were talking to him. He, he was just flipping through the channels on a Saturday, and, and with his feet up, and said, "Whoa, this guy's three times better than I ever was in college," which is crazy. Right. So, and, and I think part of it is I'm just more of a fan of the other four. And I think mm-hmm. when you evaluate at the draft, if you're drafting in the top 16, yeah. Well, actually, it, what it would be 20. You didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. And if you're in the top 10, unless it was a trade or something like that, you probably stunk last year. Yeah, you weren't good. So is Lamar Jackson <laughs> good for a team that stunk? That's no. where I draw the line, and that's why I don't think he's. You know, I, I could see him being mid to late. Mid being what Christian Ponder got drafted 11th or 12th because it was a desperate time right. in 2011. He could go higher, but I think I think it'd be good for him not to go as and, high. And people yeah. and people, I mean, reach on quarterbacks. Obviously, I mean, you, you have guys in recent years of Pat Mahomes, like he, nobody saw him coming, uh, and he was what I think 13th or 12th overall to to the Chiefs last year. Um, so. You never know because it, it is a quarterback league. You never know how high teams are going to reach for a guy if they really like him. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. That's about the the ceiling for him is 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 mid teens. Um, and I think the, the the buzz that I really like hearing recently is is him going to New England would be really fun. Wow, to get the successor, and I just don't think he's going to last that far. Yeah. They would have to probably trade up. They have right. the ammo. Is yeah, that, they have the are ammo. they willing to pull it? Now here's the problem with that. Uh, one last thing, and then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. The Patriots have a lot of holes to plug. They yeah. haven't really hit on their drafts. They've lost some pieces. Mm-hmm. So if you do that, are you mortgaging what's left of the Brady era to get your future? It's a, and I'm not sure what's right. Yeah. You I mean, you, 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 there there is a, a little bit of a balance there because you obviously don't want to – in the Brady era, just stinking, you know, and not yeah. wanting to feel like you you got to go out all out and blow a, a golden opportunity of having two first round picks to help out a, a goat in his in his in his <laughs> waning career. A true goat, yeah, a true goat. Like he's the greatest of all time. But um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's 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 why I'm sitting here talking on a podcast and not making millions oh. of dollars making the decisions. That's a high stakes job because if you yeah. get this one wrong, you could lose your job in a second. Right. We'll see. But Sean Sullivan, Money Mitch Effect, bringing some of that NFL, move the sticks, draft knowledge to the show. Let's frame it this way. Who is your number four? 
If we're going to put Jackson fifth uh, of the remaining four, who would Alan. you put? Allen. Okay. Allen, yeah. who is getting some bust to maybe go number one. And you know what? I, <laughs> I'd I wouldn't be put nervous. Him I wouldn't put him four. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But I can see where you're coming from because he's the – We've already used unicorn, but he's the unknown. He's the mystery. He's the he's enigma. scouting crack. Up. He's the can throw the ball a mile. I think two two the points. Uncle I, Rico two two points draft. I want to make. Yeah, two points I want to make. One totally fair assessment to say he had accuracy issues in college. Mm-hmm. Point two being, did you see the roster from junior year to senior year? Yeah, the covered was pretty bare. Oh, it was senior year, and that schedule picked up too. It was as well. But I mean, it, it was the same thing in in junior college when it, at a level that you could dominate. I mean. You should throughout his career. It just wasn't only at Wyoming. Of course, he's been a he was a late bloomer, and and he's been basically the best player on on the field at all times. But right, he's he, he's throughout his career, he's had he just looks issues. like the guy that you would want at quarterback. Yeah, oh yeah, he's he's a, he's a sculpt. Football. He's or, a sculpture. Yeah, or if you knew nothing about the draft prospect, you know. But you knew football, and you just right. saw all these guys walk in the room. Everybody in their right mind would pick Josh. Yes, um, but biggest, I, tallest, strongest dude. And here, here's one of the things too, not to tip my hand on where I think this is going to go, but if you are a really bad team, I don't think this is going to work out as well as say maybe you have a veteran that could get you by for a few years. Yes, because it, you throw him right on the field, I think the results could be bad, like maybe absolutely. catastrophic. Absolutely, bad. and that, and that's I think the fact that the Browns have. Tyrod, they number two team has a pretty good quarterback about too. It. If they want one, I, I think that right, exactly, and I, I think that that's 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 where he could end up if he's going to be high. I think he could slide a little bit if he gets back past those a couple guys. Um, I, I don't think Denver's going to take him. Uh, I don't think New York. I don't think the Jets are going to take him. So I, we could see Denver trade out. That would be the scenario. I think not. Not that they say he's not going to go top five, but as right. it stands. I think he could slide a little bit uh, if if he gets past those two. So I don't, yeah, to five. He could, I mean, or if if Denver wants to trade out of there. Yeah, we'll yeah. see there. I, he wasn't my four. He was my number three. Right. My number four was Baker. And really, I like the way. You th- I, okay, he's higher. I love than Baker. That. He's higher than that. He's top two for you, huh? Yeah. Wow, look at that. Baker's my number four for a couple reasons. First of all, arm strength isn't an issue with me. He's got tremendous zip on right. the football. I have to see it to believe it at this point. And I know the, the Breeze-Russell-Wilson comparisons are there. I needed to see it with those guys, too. Yeah. And, and I should point out, especially in Russell's case, phenomenal system to be walking into. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the offense ran, the spread in Oklahoma, I just have my questions. I have my reserves for him. I think that's more so the case than the height factor. Yeah. Although it should be pointed out that Breeze and Russell Wilson are the only quarterbacks, I think, what, under six feet, t- under six one, Yeah. Starting in the NFL? Yeah. So I'd have to see it there, and I think that just speaks more volumes to me being a little more bullish on one and two. Mm-hmm. I think Darnold and Rosen, in that order, are how I view it. Yeah, but, but I, Baker's I, a solid third, maybe a close third. Well, I, I think it just the dude's obviously a winner. He's 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 gutty. He his teammates love him. Uh, oh, yeah. He is cocky. I have and no bold. character issues whatsoever with him. Right, he's cocky, bold, and he knows it and 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 accepts it. And I, that's that is a little bit refreshing. Um, to, he, he's almost like a Kenny Powers at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, minus the uh, season two, season three. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, right, but, right, right. Just but, season one, right? The, or like the first he's a episode. Com- so he's a competitor, and I think when we look at him playing, he has the mentality that you want. 
He yeah. doesn't care where he goes. He's going to ball out. He has the chip on his shoulder dating back to when Texas didn't recruit him. Right. And it, he only had – and everybody, a lot of people know this story, but he only had Washington State. Um, he came in. It, it, we spoke to his high school coach and, and gave a pretty fascinating story. You think – you hear that he's, he's, he's smaller than – than most coming into high school, but I had no idea that he was five two coming in playing on these JV teams, <laughs> wanting to come and play quarterback. Now just imagine, yeah. now pull yourself back to eighth grade freshman year of high school, He's in Texas, being too. in Texas, <laughs> playing big boy football, five right. A football in Austin, walking into a locker room saying, "Hey, you know, like, our, who's going to be the JV quarterback?" And five two kid comes and picks up the ball, and everybody's going to laugh you out of the out of the gym. Now, I will say this though, he giving his athleticism, which. Not anyone. I mean, no one's Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. But his ability to make plays might be good on a team that doesn't have a line where he's going to have to be doing that. If, you, yeah. if your statue back there, it could be worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's proven he can play in any weather as well. I think Rosen, I've never really been a, a main Rosen guy, but tape looks good. Best yeah. arm in the draft, I think. And I mean, you, I don't think hear, he, was, and he hear, was coached terribly. Look. He was coached terribly. All those offensive coordinators, Mora's offense kept changing. I'm not the biggest Mora fan. Mm-hmm. I think he had a rough. I don't. I don't really care about the the is he too smart thing, which just sounds ridiculous to right. me. But I think he had a rough go in college in terms of no consistency, no continuity, and that he had three. He had hurt. three offensive coordinators. Yeah. That's 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 tough for a quarterback to go through. Uh, and and you hear you hear that he is the most polished quarterback. He's the most ready to go quarterback. And it's. I mean, it's hard to disagree with that when you when you watch him. But the the thing that concerns me is is. But, and obviously his head coach never saw eye to eye, but you're Mora and he, and he's kind of reeled back on it, but mm-hmm. you've, you've heard Mora come out and say that he'd take Darnold over Rosen and, right. and that that is always concerning. And, and I think it's concerning what you hear behind the scenes that, that, you know, maybe he wasn't, um, I don't know. Like he, he just wasn't, I, his teammates loved him. Um, but was it the top priority? And that's, the but was it right? Asked. Exactly. Like, was it, was it the, the main deal? I would know? say lack of athleticism compared to the other quarterbacks. I mean, Allen, not in that discussion, but Donald can move very well. Mm-hmm. Baker and Lamar, obviously. So that could be an issue too, as well. Right. I guess Sam Donald is my number one quarterback. And that hasn't really much wavered since the end of the college football season. And I go back to where we started this conversation mm-hmm. tape. Yeah. The game film. The plays he made, the line was, I don't want to say trash, but the line was not very good for most of the season. <laughs> a lot of injuries. It and was trash. I think Sam It definitely th- wasn't Rosen's line no. throughout his career. And he played That's through sure. some I, – I think he played through some injuries too as well. You probably have more insight to me, but I think Darnold yeah. was banged up at the end of the year. Um, yeah. And I, I just like the plays he can make, the ability, his footwork I think is great, and I think he is a franchise-level quarterback. Now – it's very hard to say can he duplicate the success of some of the studs that have come through recently, but I think there's a chance there. I, I think he's like the more you hear about the guy, and the more you read up on the guy, and and the more you the, you just talk. We interviewed a bunch of his the people surrounding him on our 360 that just dropped uh, this week, today actually, and so go check that on Apple Podcasts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, the Sam Dart and all of them. We we did all the main quarterbacks, but Darnold was. Darnold was fine. Just and we had an interview with him on Friday. That was really good. That that was kind of the, the the centerpiece of it all. And like the guy, the guy's a leadership. You 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 hear leading up to it, like and talking to his high school coach and 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 Mora echoed it being a rival coach. 
and, and talking to Helton and, and everybody that's around him echoes the same thing. And, and, and the guy is just even keeled as it gets. He, he's, I love he's, that mindset. I love that mindset. Like he, he's just touchdown. He's even killed interception. He's, he's, he's locked and focused still. He's not going to lose it. You know what you're getting with him. I mean, changing his point to come back to throw it. The his teammates pro day. Like, right. I mean, yeah, on, on a backup like, pro day, not even yeah. the main pro day. It sounds like, like everybody should do it, but they don't. So no, that's absolutely just, that's not. No, you put a, you put a trainer out there. Yeah. Um, no, I'm a fan. Uh, before we get to how we think this is going to mm-hmm. go, I want to talk about some other positions on Solve and Money Mitch Effect. Running yeah. back is one that... It's going to be fun. Saquon, generational talent. Yeah. And is it safe to say hands down would be the number one pick if there wasn't such a quarterback need? I think that's that's safe to say. Uh, him or, or depending on... Chubb. Chubb. Yeah, Bradley Chubb. Bradley He's another Chubb, one. Yeah. yeah. But the running back position, I think... like You look at what Zeke... I would say Zeke was probably breaking down the door of it's safe to draft these generational talents high. Yeah. Um, and then I would even take it a step further. Guys that slipped in the draft like Kamara, like Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. prove that you can get value late in drafts, but you can also trust the young running back to be the bell cow early. Right. Uh, David Johnson as well in that, you know, relative uh, future, relative past here. Mm-hmm. But, man, this draft class is going to be something with running backs because I could count up to maybe five running backs that could be the leading rushers for their team as rookies next year. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you got you got guys, you got Rojo. Ro- you I want to talk about uh, Rojo in a second. Yeah. But Barkley, obviously. Barkley, the two Georgia dudes. You already, me- you already mentioned. Yeah, Nick Chubb. And then probably my number two running McKenzie. back in the draft. I'd go Sonny. Or Sonny Michelle. Yeah, not not Isaiah McKenzie. Sonny Michelle. Yeah. Some others. I think Carry yeah. on Johnson out of Auburn. And you got depth. But look. Right, right. You got the Walton kid from Miami. You right. got John Kelly that I, I personally like a lot. Yeah, Rojo's pro day was awful though. Ronald Jones uh, had a, evidently had was out. the worst worst one of all time. Like, <laughs> That's what some people are saying. Yeah. Yikes. Um, and I think part of that too is just treating it like a professional. Yeah. You know that's what I think of the combine as well. Uh, Sonny Michelle was a late bloomer. You know Miami kid coming mm-hmm. out of Georgia and then just going crazy in the road. And what everybody, what everybody's talking about him is that it's the Alvin Kamara effect. Like he's, he's, he checks all the boxes that AK did coming out with the speed, uh, with the same size, dang near same size. Isn't it crazy too. Like, so we didn't see him be the bell cow because he didn't have to be. Right. Chubb was there too. Mm-hmm. So some people get scared by that. But then, so. but then look at Kamara, right? Treads he on never the tires. Had, he never had the chance, and then bam. Look bam, at him. see ya. No, no, he's rookie like, of the why year. Why wasn't he getting the ball? And right, Butch Jones. Yeah. No, it's all good. Um, um, that, that's always always going to be a source for that. But, yeah, I, I think it's the same thing. It's it's He had a really good running back with him, um, I, but different. I mean, it's not quite the coaching staff. He just had a really good running back with him, and he, and he saved miles on the tires, and the guy can catch it out of the backfield, and you can easily see why people are starting to put him at the end first of the first round. round. Yeah. See, that's one where, look, would you trade up for the Patriots to get Lamar Jackson, or would you stick around and play with that little get, toy for Brady? Right, that'd be fun. There you go. Uh, how many of those names do you think go first? I'm, think, I'm thinking three. Uh, I think you Obviously got, Saquon, let's just yeah, circle Saquon, that. Yeah, Saquon, duh. I think you can have, I think guys. And then I'd go... Michelle, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. I mean, yeah. Chubb's probably going to be in. Chubb's another one, too. I don't think we shouldn't sleep on him. It felt like right. he was in college for 10 years. but Yeah, he, no, he, <laughs> I think he's 45 now for how long, how many times he's played Tennessee. Yeah. So that's so. an interesting position group as well. Um, receiver, not the depth we're used to. And no. let me just phrase it this way. We were spoiled. 
I think, in the last five years. Some of these receiver classes were just more loaded than we can right. remember. Right, and not, not a lot of them have panned out. That's kind of the scary part. Not for longevity. You know, yeah. you have a couple quick years, and it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. This year's receiver class, there really isn't that top 15, I would say, player. Yeah, I mean, you got... What's you, the threshold? Do we think a receiver goes in the top 10, top 15? Yeah, top, I mean... Top 20? <laughs> you see Calvin Ridley on, on most mocks. You're seeing Calvin Ridley go off at 15, and I think that's about right. But we know I, it takes a couple sliding, and then we're like, oh, yeah. we haven't had a receiver yet. I really like Kirk out of A&M. I do, too, and I think I think you're going to be able to get him in the second round, too. Wow. I, I you know think. what? As a, as a Browns fan... And as someone with all those picks, yeah. assuming trades don't happen, early second would be perfect for him. Mm-hmm. And I know they just signed Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, but you can be Kirk I think, as well. I think I, let's talk. Let's talk your brownies real quick, yeah. and, and if if we want to go down, yeah, this, we can this go down this right now. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So this is what I like for your brownies here. This is hear me. I like Darnold go, at one. Okay, Darnold at one. Darnold at one. I think you'll go, and then. I, we got We got to fill it out here, real quick. Well, okay. Let's give you an A or a B, right? We won't. We'll, we'll do the official picks in a second. Right. A right. being the generational running a, back. A A will be yeah. A or will be B being the B generational D end. Barkley, yeah. And then B will be well. I, I would say Chubb. I would. I, that personally, I would rather go Chubb oh, as wow. A. Bar- we just said he would be the first pick. Oh. Right. Barkley okay. as B. Or trade. Because now, the trade is an option there because if, trade out, if teams are freaking out for a quarterback, no, there's some left. No, no. Everybody unless, says unless no. The offers, the, yeah. Unless the offers. <laughs> That's just, what I'm saying. Everybody says no. Unless the offers is just fat and juicy and you can't possible. turn it down. It's possible. To Which go is down very three, possible. To go down three spots. Where, I mean, you got a, you got a lot of draft capital, though, obviously. You got a bunch of bunch of twos and threes, too, coming down the way that you're going to get a lot of. A lot of uh, a lot of great great draft capital. That I mean, if you want to keep moving, if you want to come back into the first, you can do that as well later on. Um, and, and then at the turn there, there at the at the top of the top of the second, mm-hmm. I think you go running back there. If we don't get Barkley, yeah, okay. If you if Agreed. you go yeah. Chubb, I think that's why that's why you got to think. And this is this the way DJ puts it, it's perfect. You got to think about. That that sec that next pick and how deep this draft class right. is in both positions. Mm-hmm. Running back, we were just talking about it, pretty mm-hmm. deep. Edge rusher, not as much. There's not no. there's not that high in an edge rush. So you no. take Chubb, who is described as a generational talent, franchise yeah. changing player. Match him up with Garrett, and then turn around and get now they get got a guy, two second round, get picks. a Rojo, get a Chubb, okay. get a Michelle, maybe there at the end of the but second. They do have two second round picks, so that first one, the second. I mean, I think receivers in play too because you right. got a lot of picks. So. Yeah. Uh, DJ Moore is another one that we need to mention, and Cortland Sutton, who are receivers right. that very disgusting. Couple, in the first round, a couple prospects I want to talk about before we do the uh, our predictions for the picks. Mm-hmm. Two guys I'm very, very bullish on. Okay, that we haven't talked about. Yes, Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka, well, yeah. Well, and and if the Browns weren't in a, such a position he's, of power, he's been, he would be my favorite he's player. Been, it's been whispers. Like this dude was at one point he, circled at number four for like, the Browns. It, He'd be a great future bet for defensive rookie of the year, right? Because yeah. he's going to plug, and he's going to play, and he's going to start, and he's going right. to do well. Right. No, I completely uh, agree there. Uh, the dude is a stud. Just your classic Alabama, just just defensive monster. Landon Collins again. Right. 2.0. Exactly. Maybe even better. And, and whoever takes him is going to get a heck of a player. I got two more I want to mention, but one that I'm just gushing about as well. Raekwon Smith. Yeah. 
He Anybody that watched him play in college? Sideline to sideline. Like, this is one where the combine means nothing to me. Yeah. Watched him play in the SEC. Watched him play in the Rose Bowl. Bowl. Was Oklahoma all over the place. The yeah. Was all over the place. We were talking about him uh, after that game on our see, bowl recap. I don't need to see one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to see a combine. I don't need to see a bench yeah. press. I don't need to see a vertical Nothing. jump. And they, they, they all. Play, triple it, jump, javelin throw. Yeah. I don't need to see uh-huh. any of it. Just need him. Just yeah. need to put on five minutes of his highlight that's reel, it. and and, and you're happy. And I got to talk about the best cornerback in the draft, Denzel Ward from yeah. Ohio State. Then people are getting pretty bullish there with you on him. I mean, it is a, it is it is a weaker field. There isn't as many surefire first round blue chip mm-hmm. prospects. The one thing that he doesn't quite have is the size that maybe you were looking for. Yeah, but at five ten at a four three two speed. He's I, got what you want. Herb Street has been the only guy that's come out and been negative towards him and said he he, he wouldn't take him. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Like I don't see it. I think he's a I think he's a heck of a player. I'd go full on stud as well. All right, Sully, it's time. We got to pick the first. Okay, 10. here we go. Let's pick the first here. ten. Let's do it. So we are both in agreement. Sam Darnold. Yeah. To the Browns. Sam don't overthink this. Don't blow this. You heard no. Baker. You heard Josh Allen. Smoke no. screens, maybe, or maybe just doing your due diligence. Doing your due diligence, and and I I trust I actually do trust your front office in in this case. And one of the uh, uh, one of the Browns beat writers said, Darnold. He said it was always between Darnold and Baker. Yeah, and it was due diligence, but Darnold was the clear front runner. And you know, and, and I do think that a lot of teams have a soft spot for Baker. Yeah, where it's like, oh man, I really like to, but you know, tape is a tape, right? Yep, it's just the the. Like we said earlier, the high floor, high ceiling on Darnold, you can't pass. Be ready for anything, but I think Darnold yeah. one is maybe the safest prediction you can make in this draft. Yeah, because there could be a lot of trades. We know that Giants go at two, and they hold. I think the key to this draft. Now, let me tell you from my perspective, if I was the Giants, what I would do: just mm-hmm. take Saquon Barkley. Yeah, no, Eli I Manning think that's is what thirty-six now. Uh huh. I think he's got a few years left. He's never really had. I mean, he's never had anything close to Saquon as a running back talent, but they haven't even had a respectable running game in right. four or five years. Yeah, I think I think Gettleman still still thinks Eli's got some shroud on the tires. If you go out and get the best player in the draft, There's that's way help worse him. options at quarterback. Yep. You know, and if you want to, I, I just think go Barkley, see what's left with Eli, and then go pick up a guy later on. Go pick up yeah. a law letter or something mm-hmm. to and to throw throw behind him and and be able to to let Eli nurture him along a little bit. When it's talent, it's talent. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. You, you can't, you can't, you can't pass up on a on a stud like that. Uh, three Jets. I so wait, we're so we're both in agreement that there will only be one quarterback off the board. Yeah, yeah. So you, so now the Jets have their pick of arguably Baker, Josh Allen, Rosen, mm-hmm. Omar Jackson. If they want to feel froggy, we know why they made this trade. So there's no. So we're doing no, what, what? So we're doing what we th- we would do we if would we're do. drafting. Yeah, okay. what we would. Oh, you know what? No, let's do what, what we think is going to happen. You can preview it if you think it's different. Yeah. But so we know for a fact that we know for a fact that they're taking a quarterback. Like there's no way they're not. They traded three second round picks to move up three spots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, With that said, what have you been hearing? What do you think they're going to do? I shoot. I mean, I don't hear anything. <laughs> I don't uh, hear anything. I, don't, I, don't, I really I, like, I mean, I just have a, a produce happen to be a producer on personally according to my opinion the best draft podcast out there so go check it out so i get to listen to the two best and uh and they're they're split on it dj's got mayfield 
Bucky then, of course, turns around and, and has Darnold going there at three. I think the Jets would be ecstatic if they got Darnold. Um, whew, it's it, I would I would draft Baker. Really? Just, I think he's the second best quarterback, um, and and I think Broadway Baker would be really fun to see. Um, but I, I think they'll go Rosen. Yeah, I I, I think Rosen too, and maybe that's what I what I would do and what I think they would do, but. I think at the end of the day they're gonna they're gonna, they're really gonna go with this. They're they know. Go, I, I think in the back of their mind they know they're, that this is probably the choice they're gonna have. Yeah, they're gonna go ready to play quarterback. They're, they Rosen. they don't they don't want to have time to to mess around and and. By have, the way, could do a lot worse as a mentor than Josh McCown. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. The dude dude's a grizzled vet. Grizzled. Gonna be wild parties in the room <laughs> with Josh Rosen and Josh McCown. Teddy Bridgewater too. Yeah, bring he's hey Rook, bring the uh, bring the hot tub. Browns at four. We've been over this. Mm-hmm. The trade down factor, I think, is slightly possible. My issue, though, with that is you basically have to bait Denver into a trade. Yeah. Because you don't want to really fall down too much further. You know the Colts aren't going to trade up. They already traded down. And then you look at teams like Tampa Bay and Chicago. They don't need – and really the next four don't mm-hmm. need quarterbacks. So I wouldn't go down that far. I'm not going to say a trade. Uh, it's Chubb. It has to be Bradley Chubb out of NC State, Chubb. and that would be a really tough decision to make if it's Chubb versus Barkley. Right. Really Absolutely. Tough. Really I'm tough. Kinda, like, I'm kind of hoping that this happens. Or they <laughs> yeah. it oh, this is a, this is the Brown fans' dream, make it and, for and us. it could happen. You can't blame us. If no, it no. Like it, and and it, Chubb that's, and Garrett. Woo. That's nasty. That is absolutely nasty, and I think that's 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 where DJ's philosophy comes in. That's really good. Um, that I agree with is is you, you look at just the class and both these guys are the best at the position. Um, both are pretty. Uh, it's pretty safe to say that they'll they're going to be plug and play, ready to go from day one and change your franchise. And it's just a deeper position at running back. You can get you can get pretty good value there at the end of the end of, or top of the second. So Denver, based on our our recon and what we think is going to happen, it's got to be Baker then, right? Uh well if it's Baker I, I versus it's, Allen they're taking Baker I think it's right right in my scenario yeah, I think they would love it right if now this is what happened yeah right now we have Re- Rosen gone at three so then yeah you're right Baker at five would they take either or like or I, I I mean I think they'll be fielding they had both those guys down at the Senior Bowl Allen and Baker and they they got a really up close and personal look at them right. Um, I'm just wondering if it's Baker or Bust there. Like, if he's not there, do they freak out, or are they still comfortable with Allen? No, I, 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 think, I think they would be right. I think I think you're going to see Baker Allen or trade if they stick in. If they so don't, you don't think they would ever if they take stick Rosen in, if uh, he slipped. I don't. I. Yeah, I, I tough. I think. I think. Uh, I, I don't this think he's going to. I don't know. Like it's just so. It's so crazy that to think that Rosen would be slip into five, and I, I could. I think it could happen. Wow. I think Denver would be ecstatic with Rosen as well. Mm-hmm. It just depends. I, I don't know how in love they are with these three quarterbacks. I could easily see them trading out. And, oh, he's uh, a quarterback guru, so I think he he's taking, he's adding one to the room. And yeah. with Keenum, you don't really need to rush them out of the field, too. Another thing to consider. Let's right. ask this question now. Allen's the odd man out of the top five. Where is he going? Team's oh, trading up. Man. Yeah, this is, this is where you see him train up. I don't think he falls 
much. I think six is the big. We talked about the two teams. There's two teams within striking distance that need that relatively need quarterbacks. Twelve Buffalo, fifteen Arizona. Right, and that that's the spot at six too that I think you could see. Like you have a whole another group could trade down again. Right, I think you could easily see Colts trade down uh, and 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 gather more picks, and you could see them trade. I could easily see a Buffalo Bills calling in it swapping it at from six to 12 if you feel like because they're going to take Allen, then you're feeling like you're, you're still going to be able to get a minka a roquan an edmonds um a a derwin uh, a, a big nine a quit nelson yeah uh still dropping there they're down to you when you know that Man. that allen's yeah, gonna be going to make your roquan are going to be the steals of the draft i know it like i just <laughs> Right, they could fall out of the. They could fall to nine or ten, and it would be ridiculous, even out of the top ten. It's crazy. It's crazy. You you have your your block of players that that you you know you can get with this with when you drop back like that, um, right. and and you got to be ecstatic if if you're if you're the the Colts if you can drop back like that with that block of players. Let's call so, it. Let's get aggressive. Say Allen six. I say yeah. Colts let's trade down. Colts trade down. Uh, let's just put the Bills up there at at, at six. If Bills I'm, trade up, and they take Allen. So then now we're looking at Tampa at seven. Yeah. Uh, Nelson on that line. I would put Nelson on that line. No, I I think I think. Some people uh, I, say he Buc- graded Bucky's, better than Zach Martin. Bucky likes Bucky likes them going going safety here okay. um, between James or Fitzpatrick. We both like Fitzpatrick more, okay. so let's, Put let's him go in there. Fitzpatrick. I like where he's where where Bucky's okay. thinking there. Um, eight, know, I want Nelson taken though. Eight eight let's eight <laughs> eight let's let's protection. do it let's do it Quentin Nelson. Okay. It, it, Let's go Quentin Nelson there. The dude has Notre, a six-pack, and he's a freaking offensive lineman. <laughs> and he's Dame a monster. To, they might not know how to win bowl games. The dude's hilarious. <laughs> they might the, guys, the guy yeah. is, is, is a, a can't-miss guard, and he's, you know, he's going at eight. You so. know who I want at nine? Who do you want at Roquan. nine? Roquan. Roquan. Yeah, you want Roquan at nine? Uh, yeah, especially after the, the troubles the Niners have had recently uh, on their defensive side of the ball. You could – he could throw in the best run or the best linebacker uh, in the draft, arguably at nine. So then, to round out the top ten, I don't know. Oakland already went secondary. Oakland, so Oakland, no, Oakland, Oakland wants. How about still wants to, Give me that <laughs> big nose tackle. I, I, mean, I think I think Tremaine Edmonds there. Yeah. Uh, they they want. I mean, they really want Roquan Smith, but if if he goes at nine, I think I think they'll they'll turn around and get a get a great. Uh, linebacker and Tremaine Edmonds. There's one other consensus pick from the NFL draft experts. 15 Arizona. If they don't get a quarterback, they don't trade up. Calvin Ridley. Yep. So get a weapon. You lost some. I think he'd. Uh, heck, I, I, yeah. I think he could trade back if you really want a wide receiver too. You could trade back to, you know, later later on in the first and take Kirk and get get more draft capital there. Wow. Well, I'm excited. This is uh, this is going to be nerve wracking for the Browns. It's gonna don't be, blow this one. Don't blow it, Brownies. Don't do it. This is this is a chance of a lifetime. And if you blow it, you, I mean, you'll probably have the chance again. But just don't don't do it. You can't do yeah, it, you man. Can't. You can't go, Allen. Before I let you go, Seahawks. Sea chickens. They're at 18. What do you want them to do? What do you think? Trade back. Do? They're going to trade back like they always do. Okay. Trade back. I, trade back. I I really I really like I really like Will Hernandez. Yeah. Mean, nasty, gross. Just I'll tell you another prospect I like. Snot bubble. That's a good one. The the guy the, with evidently the knock on this Texas dude El Paso. is 
the knock on this dude is that he is too aggressive and that's gross. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you're I, too good at football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, don't don't stop beating people. Yeah. Like is what they're telling you. Takes people too much. Yes. I like that. I'd also like Josh Jackson at Iowa. Yeah. yeah. I think he fits your system for right. how they teach DBs there. Right. I mean, I know more than anyone how he gashed the Buckeyes last year. But he, he's that hybrid yeah. type, you know. Absolutely. He can play a little safety as well, so I think he's good. Well, this is going to be fun. This I can't. Gonna it's be, it's 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 going to be a wild night. Much, I, should, I think there's going to be even more trades, and uh, I, I think there could be a couple trades. In do you have a sleeper? Thing. Do you have anybody that might go on day two or three that you think is going to? Oh, sleeper day two or three. Just somebody uh, that's not in the the first. Kalen Balage. I like okay, him a lot. Right. Uh, we'll give we'll give uh, Matt Wendberg, who's been on the show. Obviously, wow, yeah. uh, we'll give his give him Sun Devils a love. It's been a rough I, year. I, 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 he had a great Senior Bowl, and I, I really like him a lot. Um, and he, the dude can hurdle some folks, so I think he could be right. he'd be a guy to watch out for. All right, Sully, blast. Good luck with everything with the draft, Thanks, man. And I'll be praying as well. Yeah. <laughs>
the Maple Leafs are playing with almost house money. You know, they were expected to just be brushed aside. The Bruins had cup potential, still have cup potential, as deep a team up front as they've ever had in recent memory. How big of a loss would this be if they choked this one away in Boston? It would be pretty awful for them. I mean, they made all those moves, acquiring uh, Rick Nash and other players, and for them to to not, you know, come to fruition like the fans were thinking they were. And they had a really, really, really hot streak going into the playoffs, so you thought that this was going to be one of those wipe-em-up, wash-em-down series, and it just didn't turn out that way for the Bruins. But this Game 7 is definitely going to be a nail-biter based off of how the rest of the series has gone so far. I'm just surprised. Well, a couple of things. One, I would have liked to see Ryan Donato play a little more. He hasn't been getting into the lineup. I think they could use him and uh, his offensive firepower. But, you know, this series, I think it was a little misleading, right? I mean, the first two games, Boston at home, there's no way you could sustain how good they played offensively. That and the fact that nobody on Toronto really showed up early. Uh, you figured there would be a, a market correction, so to speak. Rask had a bad game five, and if he plays well, they might have a chance to, to, to end that series. On the flip side, I've been critical of him, Joe. Frederick Anderson's played great. I mean, he's just, game six, he was outstanding. He was standing on his head that game. I think Toronto is comfortable in their building, and their star players can skate with Boston star players. Of all the series, this might be the fastest tempo, how fast up and down they're going. A lot of youth on this ice. It's been a joy to watch, and I think... Toronto maybe didn't expect to be right here just yet, but they're coming. They're going to be a, a main player in the NHL in the next couple of years. This would be a very catastrophic yeah. I mean, if you move. look, if you look at the impact players in this series, they've all been those young players, like you said. They've been all the ones that have been uh, making the difference, especially on the Maple Leaf side. Mitch Marner's been playing great. Um, Nylander had a big goal. Matthews has been playing all right, but like you said, Anderson's been awesome. But for Boston. What's gotten them to this point, I think, is the talent of their young players. Like we talked about a while ago, Pasternak has been their go-to scorer guy, and he wasn't always looked at to be that kind of player for them, but that's what he was. That's what he turned into this year. And then they've been getting great play out of DeBrusque, and he had a goal in their last game. And you know, if they can keep getting, um, you know, keep getting really good play from their young players to outplay the young players of Toronto which is crazy because Toronto's young players are more high-touted. They're more mm-hmm. coming from high draft picks and stuff, and they're, they're losing. So if you're looking at the draft pick quality of players, you would think Toronto would have the advantage, but Boston just, I think, I'd have to give them that edge for this last game in the series. I mean, they only had one goal in game six. I mean, you bring in Nash, you make these moves, you have a revamped offense. you got to be able to score. Um, and I do think there is something to say about certain teams, Joe, being able to finish series. You know, if you want to be a real cup contender, I think there's something to be said about Tampa Bay, Winnipeg, getting out in five, you know, Pittsburgh not going to a game seven. Um, you play these extra games, they do add up, and it's tough, especially with Bergeron who battled an injury and, and other instances they might have. When this when we started the NHL playoffs, my prediction for this series was Bruins in seven. I do believe that you should be able to change picks if you notice things. You just can't be an idiot when it comes to that. But I still like the Bruins in seven. I, I still do. I think I think they'll play well at home. I think Rask will be locked in. I think the crowd knows how important this is. And I'm going to say Bruins at home. But honestly, uh, if Toronto comes out score, I mean, I, they could. this is a coin flip game. I just trust the Bruins a little more down to the basics. I think their depth will win out. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, coin flip game. Tuka Rask played a terrible game in the, in the, the big clinching game there at home for them. They're going to need him to get back to what he played like the whole season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see it any other way. I mean, seven games is the way that this series is going to end. I think I, I'm with you on that one where when I was going through my predictions, I had Bruins and seven. But when we spoke a while ago, we talked about Bruins and Tampa Bay, like how great that series is going to be. Do you think that this – if the say the Bruins win game seven, which is what I'm thinking is going to happen, do you think that they feel – uh, you know, limited in any way going into that Tampa Bay series if they do win this game. I, I don't. As long as they're healthy and as long as their top players are healthy, we see in hockey, you just got to survive. My point earlier is being that it does add up. So when you make that journey, you know, when you make that journey to have to win 16 games, you want to put as less miles on the car as possible. So uh, I don't know. They, they've had Tampa's number a lot this year too, so that should be exciting if it is indeed the case. Joe, let's look at Columbus and Washington, which – it's got to be the story of the first round. The Capitals lose the first two games at home in overtime. A lot of people thought same old Caps ready to choke again. At least not yet. They win the next four. Game three in overtime. Double overtime. Win game four. Another game five in overtime. Then they clinch the series in six. It's a tough pill to swallow for the Blue Jackets. But the Capitals, Joe, how'd they dig deep? How did they win this one and, and stay with it after some heartbreaking losses at home? What can we say about the Capitals in the playoffs? Hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what re- what really put them through that series, I think, were their stars. Holtby was really bad towards the end of the year, and you had uh, Grubauer was in there, and he got hurt, and he wasn't playing well. So they're like, all right, I guess we'll go back to Holtby, and he turned into Holtby. And they they were missing uh, Oshi. I think he missed a game or two in that series, and that really hurt them. But Ovechkin, man, he really he really powered them there at the end. Yeah, well, let me just say about Holtby. I think Trotz made a mistake not going back to him for game for the start of game two. Uh, he played terrible uh, at the end of the season. Terrible. But Grubauer wasn't exactly lighting the earth on fire, and Holtby had, you know, one of Vesna had been in the had been a front runner in the league. So I think he deserved the right to earn that net back a little sooner. And he did turn back into Holtby, and he had to. I mean, he had to in game three. Columbus is arguably their best game of the series. And Holpe kept his team in it, was the backbone, made big save after big save. Ovechkin is just thrashing the narrative that he doesn't show up in the playoffs. He had two goals in the clincher. He was a menace all over the ice. I think what we saw from Washington in that series, and that obviously was the series that I watched the most of, was their ability to counterattack. Columbus was joining the rush. They were getting very aggressive. They were, they were trying to attack Washington in their zone. And Washington just gets the puck and they go. I mean, Orlov had a nice goal in the clincher. Kuznetsov can move move the puck as well. Uh, Oshie played, but he he was banged up uh, a lot of that. Tom Wilson, as much as I hate him, had a good series. Stevenson, I mean, you go down and, and Smith Pelly had two goals in the series too. So it was Ovechkin plus everybody else. They're not just winning this series if it's only Ovechkin playing. And uh, I think this showed you that the Caps still have some depth. They still have some horses. They might be getting a little older, but. They're still a very high-powered offensive attack. But that's the thing is, every year they're always a balanced high-powered attack. They well, always yeah, the and stars. they run into they Pittsburgh. That's what happens. <laughs> I mean, look. And then they yeah, and then they <laughs> got to face Pittsburgh, and then we all know how that ends. You know, and I don't I, I don't want 
I don't want to take anything away from the Capitals because what they did was uh, historic. No team had ever come back from losing the first two games uh, in overtime of a series and then winning the series. But if you're the Blue Jackets, you got to be kicking yourself because you had a chance to go up 3-0 at home. And for whatever reason, their depth line just didn't show up. You know, Werwenski did not look good this series. Uh, Panarin started out hot and maybe got a little tired. I'm not really sure. The lines were changed up. Tortorella didn't have the answers. The one guy that looked the best, and then Bob obviously didn't play. Bobrovsky did not play up to his standards. He, he looked a little weak in the end of this series. But, Joe, if there's one thing the Blue Jackets have to look forward to, just on the side, how good is Seth Jones? Oh, man. That was a steal. <laughs> Getting him. That, def- that defense that they have, that young D, like you said, I mean, Wierenski didn't play that well, but Wierenski and Seth Jones. Seth I Jones mean, is top on. five in the league. Like, he is. Like, I'm trying to take bias out of it. I The Norris Trophy finalists this year were uh, Doughty, Hedman, Subban. I mean, I got to think he's right up there. I mean, it, it was close for him. You put Carlson, obviously, both Carlsons, probably Eric and John, and then maybe... Seth Jones, I mean, he's right there. He's so dynamic of a playmaker. Uh, but Columbus needed what, more. What you can look forward to as far as the Blue Jackets and their future is they're, they're taking a major league baseball approach. They they got really young, and they have mm-hmm. some you know old veteran guys to teach those young young studs until they blossom. But, I mean, sure, they got bounced in, out of the first round this year, but you're you're looking at a team that, has a really solid core going into the future. Yeah, I'm going to have to just watch YouTube clips of uh, Seth Jones destroying Tom Wilson on a loop and <laughs> mix that in with uh, the Panarin Atkinson two-on-one where they turn John Carlson into a pretzel. That's it. That's, <laughs> yeah. all, that's all I got. Uh, but no, uh, props to the two the Capitals, Joker Sally, Money Mitch Effect. The Capitals are into the next round where they will play the Pittsburgh Penguins. Weirdest series I can remember. There's just no other way around it. We had the first five games of the series, or the first four games of the series, excuse me, were determined by four goals each. 3-1 Penguins were up. You had the Flyers win a close game five, and then Pittsburgh closes it out in Philly 8-5, uh, <laughs> where Jake Gensel scores a natural hat trick and then adds one more. It was weird. It was weird to see Pittsburgh kind of turn it off and turn it on at times, but... Joe, when they turned it on, Philly wasn't in their league. Yeah, they didn't. It they didn't compare. Like I said, I didn't watch a minute of this series, but I can. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll do the I play by play then. Yeah, I can look through stats. Crosby seems to be he was he played up this standard. Gensel, I mean, like you said, four goals in that last game. Come on, let, me, let, let me let me just yeah, Jake Gensel stats. Joe, ready for this? Nineteen goals and thirty-one playoff games. <laughs> Where like where is he? Where where is he during during I know, the regular season? I know. Well, that's another millionaire Crosby just made. So Sidney Crosby just handing out millions to to good hockey players. Uh, him and Crosby now tied for the lead in points in the playoffs. I have a couple things to say about this. You're not going to beat the Penguins playing the way the Flyers did. All they wanted to do was turn it into a track meet. Was to get it and go and play this high tempo game. It's not going to work. I mean, a lot of Gensel's goals were just bad turnovers by the Flyers, bad pinches. Kessel fed him on a two-on-one that, you know, Newvert took over for Elliott, which was another disaster. Why wasn't he starting from the beginning? But you're not oh. going to beat the Penguins on that. And, uh, uh, there was a goal in Game 6, Crosby's goal. He wins a faceoff. Claude Giroux, all-star, probably a hard finalist. 
He doesn't tie up. He just tries to leave the zone. You can't do that with the Penguins. Crosby just backdoor taps it in later, and there really isn't much more to do. They can be beat, but you're not going to beat them doing what the Flyers did. Um, it was just uh, it, it just wasn't what you want to see out of a team that pales in the skills comparison. Pittsburgh's nasty, Joe. They could definitely win three in a row. I'm not saying they will, but Broussard's on their third line with Hangs back. Ugh. Murray's locked in. He had a weaker game six, but they could win three. I'm just telling you right now, brace yourself for that possibility. It just seems like every year we're talking about some random Penguins player that's got 35 goals in three games for them in the playoffs. Last year we were talking about Sheary. This year we're talking about Gensel. What's going to happen now for the rest of the rest of this rest of this playoff run who's the next guy that's gonna you know shine for them hopefully it's not anybody that i know like Hagman or Broussard because that would hurt my my soul <laughs> more more cups being one for the rangers you, you got it for ex-rangers you got to appreciate the fact that there's probably more ex-rangers sprinkled around uh, the playoffs than any other team outside right now and the worst part about that is they were all on the same team at one time well speaking of that before we go to the west the team with ex-rangers tampa bay and not only do they have ex-Rangers, Joe, they have two of their best and most dynamic players. They beat the Devils in five, um, which wasn't a surprise to anybody. The Devils were the uh, last team, the eighth seed in the East. But can I just say one thing? I told you this would happen. You throw in JT Miller, and he makes an impact in Tampa Bay. Oh, I, I can't believe they threw JT Miller into that trade. You basically just gave him you just gave him up, and you, you didn't even get third back player. the players. You didn't even get back the players that all us Ranger fans were calling for. We wanted Sergachev. If you're going to give him JT Miller along with with our best defensive player, we got to get Sergachev. Your, your best prospect has to come back in that trade, especially because McDonough is under contract for the next two years. JT Miller is on his rookie contract, and he's cheap. It just doesn't make any sense how they let them get away with that because now their team is just absolutely stacked from top to bottom they have young talent they have people that can score the young talent can score they have a great young goaltender they have great defense best power play they're, they're, i'd they're, say the best power play yeah. it's disgusting best, and like they got how fast they can play they they score in spurts more than any team in the league you know the devils had game two i think it was about five bad minutes it was three goals in the back of their net so you got to look out for that. I do think Vasilevsky might be a robot. I don't know if you saw the clips of him with his eyes just opening wide. And I mean, perfect. That 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 team's going to be tough to beat. We're going to go to the Western Conference now. Money, Mitch, effect. You could, <laughs> you could, you could put anybody in that. You could put one of my best friends uh, yeah, in that. Half the time, with that team in front of him, he's playing well. Though I mean, he's playing well. So, I, look, the Devils were on a five-period scoreless team. drought, so they are a good team. All right, Western Conference. They're great team. Western Conference. I got to say I'm liking my Winnipeg Jets Stanley Cup uh, pick, at least through one round, because that was a workmanlike approach, a systematic beatdown of the Minnesota Wild. I know they were banged up. Suter didn't play. Uh, Parisi got hurt halfway through the series. But, Joe, they wear you down. That size, that strength, they just keep coming with four lines. It wears you down. Yeah, they're they're a big, strong team that can shoot the puck. They they've got some some players on there that always put up numbers every single year, and it never really turns out to be anything for them. Like Blake Wheeler, you know, we had a good, really great year, mm-hmm. and uh, they finally they're finally putting it all together. I think 
because it's Line's second year, he's finally been able to, you know, go in and, and really get into the game and, and figure out how to play in the NHL. And the fact that he's figuring it out now, like while they're going through the playoffs. Now, the Wild, I, I wasn't so high on them in the playoffs going into the playoffs, so I wouldn't highly tout the Winnipeg Jets just yet. But I'm with you on them uh, making a run through here. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have a tough series in the oh, next yeah. matchup against the uh, Predators. Well, that's my favorite matchup. I've set it on record in the playoffs, maybe all the way through up until the Cup. Line had 20 power play goals this year, so that's just a weapon to have at your disposal. Uh, they're a very deep team. Tyler Myers is even back to playing solid hockey. I, I, I know it's hard to say after one round, and the Wild weren't highly touted, but I think you can fairly say that they looked a little better than Nashville against a team in that same stratosphere Colorado compared to Minnesota. I was expecting a little more dominance from the Predators. Game 5, a closeout game, they should have just taken care of business. They blow that lead late. There's a lot to like about the Preds, namely Philip Forsberg, how disgusting he's been in these playoffs, but would have liked to have seen a little more. Yeah, I mean, Washington is just going to keep watching Philip Forsberg and just scratching <laughs> the, their heads. He had the two nicest goals of the playoffs. He's right? filthy. I mean, both of those yeah. goals, when he put it between his legs, the other player's legs, that player's still laying there, I think. I don't really remember what his name was. Um, they might it's one of those moments where really... if you're the defenseman, it's one of those moments where if you're the defenseman, you just turn around and you're like, yeah, he just did that to me. I like the other one in Colorado uh, just as much. I think it was game four where he just showed off his strength and just muscled his way to the net and then dangled the goalie. They, uh, I Nashville's, did, Nashville's, I, dude, this is going to be a phenomenal series because Nashville's a little faster team, but both these teams can match depth with each other. And defensively, those are some brick walls to get through. I'm not expecting a high scoring, uh, series. I know those scores in the regular season were pretty high, but I think this is going to be more, more stalemate, more intense defensive hockey. Yeah, I can see that too. Cause the teams that they were going up against, like the wild and the, and the abs, the Wild, like you said, were a little more beat up, so they weren't as strong on D. They were missing their top guy in Suter, and the Avs have never really been known for their defense. That's why you saw the uh, inflated goal totals there. But these are two really good defensive teams. I mean, you can't you can't not talk about PK Subban and how great he is on defense for the for the Predators. So, I mean, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun one. NHL keeps making those late night uh, Nashville like Friday Saturday night games at like eight forty five local time. What do you think that crowd's like? Oh, man. <laughs> a lot of pregame. They're partying it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so easy with the rink right they there. They got those octopus ready to go, ready to toss yeah. them on the ice. Got to throw the catfish, baby. Uh, lastly, the catfish, there you go. Lastly, yeah, Detroit. You know, Detroit throws the octopus, but it's all the same family Detroit, pretty yeah. much. It's all the same. It's all from the ocean. The only surprises in the first round, depending on how you thought it was going to go. I know I was I was dead wrong in, in the Western uh, Pacific Division with those two teams. Depending on what happens with Boston and uh, some of the other series, uh, these were the biggest upsets so far with the Kings losing to the Knights and then Anaheim just embarrassingly getting throttled as well by the Sharks. Both L.A. teams get swept out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's a great feeling after moving out of there. <laughs> you think they just stopped playing hockey when you left? They were like, oh, man, he's not going to watch us anymore. We're just going to get swept. But um, look, I, I told you the Knights, man. Can the I, Knights okay. are a great team. Right. You were right. You were right. I was wrong on this case. But I just want to say these two sweeps are not at any way comparable. Jonathan Quick, oh, no. Jonathan Quick was, I think, the second. I think Marty Turco had a series 
in like 2007. He's the only other goalie besides Quick in this series that had a higher save percentage for a losing goalie. And Quick got swept. <laughs> That's how good Marc-Andre Fleury was. And the Kings were only scoring one goal a game. They lost all these tight games. I mean, they were in every game. They just couldn't break through, and the Knights made the plays. And that's how, unfortunately, that's how losses and even sweeps can happen. The Ducks just, they, they were outclassed, uninspired. I love when Randy Carlisle was like, we're not going to go away. We're not going to be embarrassed. And they lose 8-3 to three in game three. So, some pretty wise words. Yeah, it's funny you talk about uh, how quick, how much, how great he was, but how they, they got swept. Like, Dowdy was up, he's up for best defenseman of the year. And that they suspension were not able was to... BS, though. I mean, that's not the reason they no. lost, clearly. But that was a BS suspension in my book. Yeah, but, you know, teaches them. I've been a little, uh, I mean, we could do an aside on how I don't think the refs have been that great this postseason. And the only suspension warranted was when Kadri just decided to be a moron. <laughs> oh, gross. That's pretty much it. But the Ducks, I mean, the Shark, look, the Knights are a good team. The Knights have Flurry in vintage form. Of course, Bill Carlson is a 40-goal scorer because why wouldn't he be? He was on Columbus's fourth line. Why wouldn't year. he be? <laughs> James yeah, why would, why would? Yeah, James Neal's making plays. The Sharks, I think, are going to give them a heck of a series because they did all that without Thornton out. He's going to miss game one. He may or may not be returning. But I've sneakily liked what the Sharks have done with their roster. They kind of did the rebuild on the fly. Martin Jones has been playing well, and they have some sneaky good players on the back end of their uh, of their roster. So I'm expecting a pretty good, underratedly good series for all the West Coast Night Owls in round two. Yeah, I mean, you think that one's going to be a high-scoring affair? No, I, I, I don't. Um, Flurry's been too tough. I think it's going to be media. I don't, I don't think he'd be able to sustain uh, how, he, how he just dominated the Kings, but I wouldn't say full-on high-scoring. If we're talking high-scoring based on what the matchups. If it's Tampa Bay-Boston, that's high scoring. Even Toronto, uh, maybe in Washington-Pittsburgh, I'd put in that category. But I, I just don't know that this is going to be the offensive juggernaut based on how both these teams have played and how they've found success. But we'll see. It does look kind of wild, those games, those pregame scenes before Vegas, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's been a while. Don't know what's going on. They have an Excalibur fight. There's a bar. I think they lost Jeremy. Yeah, what are they doing? The weather's getting real nice. I'm sure they're uh, partying up in those Vegas pools out there. I don't know. Well, we look uh, Joker side before I let you go the rest of the series. What are you looking forward to? Tampa Bay, Boston, if it happens? Is that your number one? Or another Caps-Pens trip? Nashville-Winnipeg? Oh, dude. These four series are going to be awesome. Series I'm probably looking forward to the most. Huh. I, I I can't watch anything from the East. I just can't do it. Penguins have too many ex-Rangers. Lightning have too many ex-Rangers. Can't stand the Bruins. Can't stand the Capitals. I can't really stand any of those teams. Toronto, if they win, though, maybe. Maybe Toronto. Um, honestly, the Vegas and San Jose series for me is probably the one I'm most intrigued by just because Vegas has that rookie squad. You know, they're, no one said they were going to win a game this year. No one said they were going to do this. They weren't going to do that. Now, they have a chance to go to the, the conference final. So, you know, good good for them. If they win this series against the Sharks, honestly, regardless of who wins the Predators series, the series of Predators and the Jets, they're going to be a tough team to beat in the West. I think if they get past the Sharks here, it's going to be really hard to beat them because 
they've just got that mojo. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to Crosby just dominating Ovechkin again. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but uh, it just happened every Penguins Cup. They've gone through Washington to do it. I told you Winnipeg Nashville is my number one. I would put fourth San Jose, Vegas, Washington, and Pittsburgh third. Tampa Bay, Boston, if it happens. I don't want to sell the Leafs short because they would be a great series against Tampa too, but, man, that would be quite the track meet. And I think that's a team where Boston knows them. They know how to match up. They know how to frustrate some of their skill guys. We didn't even mention Stamkos and Kucherov's name. I Tampa Bay, don't sleep on that. that, that <laughs> if it's Tampa-Nashville or Tampa-Winnipeg in the final, Joe, man, what a series that would be. That would be intense. <laughs> yeah. With, and, with uh, Tampa Bay, Stamkos wasn't even a big wasn't even a big goal scorer for them this year no. compared to years past. You know, he, he only, sure, he, he still potted 27, but we're used to seeing yeah, this guy ter- put in 30, what a terrible year. 30, 40, <laughs> terrible year, <laughs> 86 points, but we're used to seeing him put in 30, 40 goals, you know, the 27. He's just being relied on to do a bunch of different things, which just shows you how good he really is. Yeah, he's, he can setting be whatever players, he he's setting players up. He's still that vital part of the power play. Get him on one knee, firing off one-timers. They can beat you in a lot of ways. They looked very good. A lot of ways. They looked very good in their first round. And I think Boston going seven is just what the doctor ordered. But having said that, hockey's a different animal. Each series is a new battle. So we'll see what happens. Joe, this was a blast. We'll have to do it again. I'll let you think about which which who your favorite X Ranger is to hoist the Stanley Cup for next time. Oh my God! You know it's, there's going to be at least one of them. McDonough. It might be his time. <laughs> oh my God! Good thing I didn't be. buy that McDonough jersey. Yeah, yeah, I was with you. Almost did it, but thank God you didn't. <laughs> but all right, Joker Sally, Money Mitch Effect. Thanks for coming on the show and talking some puck. Yeah, man. Thanks for having. And that's it for today's episode. Big thanks again to Sean Sullivan and Joe Sally for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. You can find every episode of the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play by just searching Money Mitch Effect. 142 episodes now in total. Next week, I promise we'll get to dive in and do some other topics, including the NBA playoffs and a draft recap. Got to keep talking hockey as baseball season picks up. We might even dabble into that. And you never know who could get interviewed on this show. It's a mystery. But thank you again for listening. If you like the show, share it, leave a review, a rating. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Good luck if you're following an NFL draft team, an NHL playoff team, an NBA playoff team, or you just enjoy sports. I'll see you next time. Keep loving and enjoying the sports world.